Speaking of next year, as of today, in this family service, we're excited because we're marking a countdown from now until next year. We have exactly how many days until the end of next year? 371 days, 53 weeks, 12.180 months. We have 8,904 hours that we want to invest in the kingdom of God. And that we want to see God make a tremendous impact using that amount of time. And you see, God has made us all stewards of our time. In fact, time is the most valuable commodity that you and I have. And so it's wise as Christians to do what Peter said in making the best use of our what? Time. And he said that in the context specifically of evangelism. I'd like to challenge you today with Pastor Kevin. He and I are going to share the message. So I'll do the boring part. Then he's going to come out and clean it up. But, uh, but I want to share with you how this year you can begin anticipating your own personal breakthrough of change. How are you going to this year begin to change for the better? How is next year going to be different? This coming year, how is it going to be better? Because listen, everybody wants to succeed. Is that right? Everybody wants to get better. If you're here, you want to live better than you have. Everybody wants that. Some of you, you have bad habits that you know you've got to break. Some of those habits are hidden. And you don't feel you can tell anybody. Some of you have bad habits that we're well aware of. And we'd like you to change those. <laughs> Some of you have habits that your family would like to see change. Some of you, it's not a bad habit to break. You have good habits that you want to start. Things you want to do. By the way, speaking of good habits, this is why we've been telling you for the last couple of weeks about our Bible reading plans. Because that's a great habit to get into. God's word says if you delight in his word, in his law, and on his word meditate day and night, you will be like a tree planted by a stream of water that bears fruit. It's a promise. It's why we're selling these prayer diaries that has a daily Bible reading plan so that you can begin to spend time with Jesus every day. Now that's a good habit. Now I want you to follow me for just a second. I want to use this example. Imagine that you needed to go upstairs, but the only way up was you had to go up an escalator that was going down. Now, how many of you have been on an escalator? You know what I'm talking about. The only way for you to go up was to go on an escalator that's going down. Now, how would you make progress in a situation like that? Has anybody ever tried that? How'd you make progress in a situation like that? Take a look at this lady. There she's going. She's going for the long stride. Or here's some guys in Poland that were trying to do it, and they're trying to get up. I'm going to tell you this, only through tremendously hard exertion, I mean breathtaking and breathless exertion, are you going to be able to get up those stairs? But I'll ask you another question. How would you regress in a situation like that? In other words, regress. How would you lose ground? In a situation like that, you actually wouldn't have to do anything to lose ground, would you? You don't have to do anything wrong. In fact, the, only, the way you'll lose ground is if you just do nothing at all. And you lose ground, and I just want to say this to you guys. You need to understand something about life. Life is a down escalator. Everybody knows that. By the way, what I just said is a scientifically proven fact 
there is a principle of decay that exists in this universe. Everything goes down. You don't have to do anything wrong in order to go bad or to go sour. Listen to me. You don't have to do anything at all. Now, guys, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you, at one point in your life, when you were young, you were a musician? Anybody? Anybody ever play an instrument? How many of you would not play that instrument now? <laughs> yeah, same people. Why? Now, it's not that you did anything bad, but if you just don't do anything at all, you're going to go bad. <laughs> you're going to regress. How many of you have ever run a marathon? I have. I would not run a marathon now. <laughs> and it's not because I've done anything wrong. I just don't have to do anything at all. There are people that they were once great soccer players or they were once great football players. I guess here's what I'm saying to you. There is a principle of decay that exists in the world. Life is a down escalator. We know it. You do nothing, you go down. Listen, you know this in your marriage, don't you? You don't have to do necessarily anything wrong for your marriage to go down, but if you do nothing, your marriage is going to go down. But if you want to do better, if you want to make progress, it's going to take exertion. It takes hard work. This is the way life is. What I'm saying to you guys is that gravity isn't just physical. Gravity is historical. It's just the passing of time that leads to decay. And so I want to ask, how are you going to progress in your character development? Now, what is character? Character is who you are when nobody's looking. Character is who are you when you're not on. How honest are you, really? How confident are you? How joyful are you? How pure are you, really, when you're not on? What's your character like? How can you make progress in your character? See, that's a good question. See, you could do nothing, but if you do nothing with your character, time itself is going to pull you down. This is, this, guys, this is the stages of life. Let me tell you something. Everybody starts their life. I love doing premarital with young couples because they start thinking marriage is going to be bliss. I love to see the vital optimism. And for some reason, they all think it could never go bad. They are so in love, you know. And I love the vital optimism, but you know and I know that the longer you live, the more stages in life you go through, it actually gets harder. Why? Because of the principle of decay. You actually get more addicted. You get more cynical. You get more anxious. You get angrier, you get sadder, you get more depressed. In fact, there's this incredible scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, um, it says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in this. And that's how a lot of people feel as they grow old. Here's what I'd say to you is your character. Can the, can the selfish become unselfish? Think about next year. 371 days. If you're selfish, can you become unselfish? Can a controller become a liberator? Can a self-pitying person become a generous person? Can the hard become soft and tender? Now let me show you what Jesus says about this. And I'm going to go through this very fast if you just grab your notes. He says something about character and change. He says, I am the what? And my father is the? He cuts off every branch in me that? 
bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more what? Fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Then he gives you a secret here. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you what? Remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Now, today, here's what I want to show you. And here's what I want you to understand, Pastor Kevin and I. When you are in Christ, growth in Jesus Christ is not just possible, it's actually inevitable, even though life goes downhill. If you're in Christ... And so I want you to write down this point because I believe it's true of anybody who's in Christ and that is this, write this down. Even if you're not, I think this is true. It's never too late to change your life. Even if you're here and you'd say you're not in Christ, you can be. You can come to know him. And I say, by the way, it's inevitable that you're gonna grow if you're really in Christ because what is Christian growth? Christian growth is supernaturally fueled character change that comes from being attached to Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. And by the way, if you've just recently come to Jesus, I'm sure in your social circles, there are people who think you're crazy that you've given your life to Jesus because it's changing you. I was just talking to somebody last night and how their whole perception is changing since they've started reading their Bible and coming to Jesus. I said, well, what's happening to you is you're becoming born again. You're becoming regenerated. God is doing something new, and it causes the people around you to think you're crazy. Now, let me, let me say this very clearly if that's you and you're new to the faith. You are not crazy. You're actually becoming sane. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. But the truth is, that's the only person that's sane. The world thinks you've lost your mind, but you haven't. And if the branch is truly joined to the stem, what Jesus is saying is that life will come into that branch. The branch can grow, but here's what I'd like to say to you as a warning. I want you to think about this year, next year. If the branch is not growing, if there are no blossoms, what's Jesus saying here? If there's no fruit then what that means is you're not truly joined to the stem, to the vine. So how would I encourage you? You've got to get connected to Jesus, and it's not too late. Now, I want to say this to, to you folks because there's a lot of people in here that may just be religious. I don't know anybody's heart. But I'm going to tell you this. You can be apparently joined, but not vitally joined. You can be cosmetically joined, but not organically joined. In other words, you can appear to be religious. You can go through the motions without actually being connected to the life that will supernaturally guide you, actually join. Growth is an essence of the relationship between a branch and a stem. Now listen. This is why I so often encourage you to spend time with Jesus. To take your year. This is why I encourage you to get a prayer journal and spend time every day in the presence of God. 
and to buy one of these and, and just every day say, Jesus, you're number one, so I commit my time to you first. You know, you don't any morning wake up and it's not like you're saying, oh, good Lord, good Lord it's morning. You're saying, good morning, Lord. You're saying, Lord, it's a great morning and you're, you're choosing to be with him at the first of your day because you're connected to Jesus. Now here's the second thing that I just want to say to you. God is for you. God is not against you when it comes to your growth. Now I say that because some of you think this year has been hard for you or maybe the last several years have been hard for you. My goodness, maybe just the last six months. But some of you have made so many mistakes that you think that, man, God's so disappointed in me, I don't know. And I got to say to you this truth. God takes pleasure in redeeming failures. God loves putting together broken people. I thought of this, how Samson was a womanizer and Abraham disobeyed God so many times. You look at the heroes of the Bible. Rahab was a prostitute. Moses was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Peter denied Christ. David had an affair. Elijah was suicidal. He said, take my life. Paul sinned. He talks about it. He said, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who's going to rescue me from me? He says, thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus in Christ. Jacob was a liar. Noah was a drunk. I'm just saying to you, this is why I love the scripture, because it doesn't give us this idea that it's only perfect people that can be changed. No. It's exactly because we're imperfect. In fact, uh, next week, we're going to start a series that's all about change, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at lots of characters in the Bible. Every week, we're going to look at a different character, and we wanted to pick those whose last, na- whose last couple letters of their name ended with us, so we're going to look at Zacchaeus and Nicodemus and Titus and Lazarus, and we're just going to realize that, dude, they're us, but they changed, so we can change. Some of you think, well, I failed. I want to tell you, I I love John Maxwell. He said, God uses people who fail because there aren't any other around. (laughs) That's the truth. Now, what gets in the way of change? I'm just going to go through these quickly, and then Pastor Kevin's going to come. Number one, doubt that you can change will get get in the way. Some of you, your problem is doubt. And I guess what I just want to say to you very quickly is you need to put your faith in God, not yourself. Now, some of you need to get real with God. You need to get real with others as a sign that you're broken and surrendered before the Lord. But the truth is you're putting all your effort into your grit will. Do you notice I'm just speaking to you very directly today. It's like your your own human effort. You're just exerting the desire to change but you've not confessed. You've not gotten real. You're not spending time in the presence of the Lord. Some of us, we don't spend any time with the Lord. We don't spend any time in Christ walking with him at his feet and we wonder why we're not changing. Jesus says, you must remain in me. You must abide in the vine. You need to put your faith in God. Some of you, you don't change because you know there's a fear that you have that you won't. So you're afraid to even start. Write that down, a fear that you won't. You're afraid to even start. You're afraid to take that first step. All I can say to you is, do the thing you fear to do 
and then you just keep on doing it. By the way, that's the quickest and surest way ever discovered to conquer fear is do the thing you're afraid to do and you just keep on doing it over and over and over again. What does the scripture say? The scripture says, look at this, now faith is not being sure of what we've seen, it's actually being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So we take steps of faith. Some of you, what's struggling is you're just not willing to take those steps of faith. You're gonna need to take a step. Here's the third reason we don't change. And I've already alluded to this, but it's failures that you've had. And I just say to you, that's why you gotta be in Christ. He lived the perfect life knowing you wouldn't. And when God sees you, he sees you as in Christ if you will remain in him. Now what's that gonna take? That's gonna take humility. You've gotta be broken enough to say, I don't have it all together. You've gotta be humble enough to say that to others. I'm, I'm messed up. It's going to take surrender. You remember that song that we just sang? Here is where I lay it down, every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. I'll make room for you to do whatever you want to. They said, here is where I lay it down. It is you I'm chasing down. It is surrender. You've got to be willing to do that. By the way, a symbol of doing that is what baptism is all about. It's where you put, your, you put your care into Jesus Christ and you say, Jesus, I'm yielding to you to live a new life. Born me again. Regenerate me. Change me. Pastor Kevin's gonna come and uh, he's gonna clean up all the mess I've made. Does that sound good? All right, here he is. I couldn't find a broom big enough, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> Hey, we, uh, we're going to talk about how to take growing steps, all right? So Shane's talking this big idea of, of the need, and now it's, it's really the how. And the first thing you can write on your outline is simply this, is to act in faith, is to act in faith. That, that's the first step that we need to take. Now, it may be, you know, the hundredth step for some, and, and for some of you, it may be the very first step uh, that you're taking in, in, in this process. But, but what step do you need to take? And that's the bigger question that you've got to ask yourself is, what step, right? We're, we're like, where are you at in your, in your growing faith? Maybe it is like that step one, and, 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 and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that step one could look like. But, but again, like, you know, maybe, maybe you're in that place where it, your step maybe is to come alongside somebody and begin to mentor somebody uh, in the faith, Right? Maybe you're at a point where you've grown and, and you're doing well and, and, and you're being faithful in, in, in the areas that you're, that you're involved in. And, and now, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're going to put your imprint, right? You're going to put some of your DNA really into somebody else, your spiritual DNA, because uh, that's the place that you're ultimately at. And I find it crazy uh, when, when we talk about faith, and, and Shane just referenced, you know, even uh, in Hebrews 11, but, but uh, you know, uh, Moses came up to the Red Sea. You guys remember that story? He came up to the Red Sea, and, and uh, they're being, uh, you know, chased, and, and uh, came up to the Red Sea and, and raised his arms up, and, and uh, what happened to the Red Sea? Do you guys remember what happened? It split open. You guys remember that, you know, kind of thing? And, and, uh, and it said, the Bible says that they walked across on dry ground. 
Like that's a pretty, pretty amazing thing, right? And then later in, later in the uh, Old Testament, when, when Joshua, when he was leading, right, and, and, and what, what was different about his thing was, was that they literally need to come up. It, it says actually in Joshua chapter three, it says it was the harvest season and the Jordan River was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began to back up. Basically what, what happened was they needed to come up and step into the water. And at that point, Moses didn't get anything wet, right? Moses was completely dry in his, in his faith step, right? But here's the crazy, is just some, some years later, like we know the story of Moses. Joshua knew that story. He, he didn't have to, once again, like, hey, say, okay, God, you did it for Moses, so do it for me. What God actually said was, go and step in. So maybe your step right this time, because somebody else in your life has, has shown you the way, has shown you and brought you to, to a relationship with Jesus Christ, and maybe what you need to do is take that step, and your foot's gonna get wet, right? Maybe both feet are gonna get wet, you know, and, and that's okay, why? Because what happened, according to scripture, is that water began to back up. This water continued to run out in, into the sea. This water backed up, and guess what? They all walked across on what? Dry ground. <laughs> Crazy. Matter, as a matter of fact, maybe you've been able to look back uh, on this, this past year and, and where you kind of stopped and looked around and said, you know what, this has been a bit of a crazy year, uh, you know, kind of thing. You looked around, but you've recognized, but you know what's amazing? Is God has provided me what? Dry ground to stand on. Right, and that dry ground is simply a picture, really, of his faithfulness. Right, of, of his promise his end of the bargain, if you will, being true. And that's what we have to bank on. How many of you guys have started a Bible reading plan before and never finished it? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, absolutely. But listen, until you start a plan and stick to it, you're not gonna finish. The good news is you've started. You know what it's like to start. That's good. But, but for some, the devil gets a hold of that idea and says, oh yeah, you've done this before. You've spent $10 on a, on a journal before, right? You know, kind of thing. That's just a waste of money again because you've got five others that you haven't used, right? But what God is saying to you is, get that reading plan, get that journal, whatever it is, and start, right? Because it doesn't matter what the past has been. You guys ever, you know, if you use uh, social media like Facebook, it brings up pictures from the past. Isn't that funny? And, uh, and I hate them because I was skinnier uh, back then, you know? You know, it's like these pictures. As a matter of fact, it brought one up where this was like 10 or 12 years ago. Just recently, it brought one up, and I had, I had wrote on there, to go to the gym or not go to the gym. Well, 10 or 12 years ago, you can see my, my answer, right? You know, kind of thing, right? You can tell what the answer became, all right? But listen, here's the reality in our faith journey. It doesn't matter what you've started and what you've stopped. Right now is a new opportunity. Right now, God has afforded you. So when Shane said, you know, good Lord, it's the morning, or good Lord, it's the morning. It's like, I've got another day. And that's what we're looking at in this process. That's what's so beautiful 
in all of this. And so our first thing is this, this act of faith. Like Shane referenced Hebrews 11, you know, that confidence of what we hope for. Can, can you just write on, the, on your outline, like, what are, you, what are you hoping for this year? You know, sometimes we live a defeated life because we never look to what we hope for. What do you want God to do in your life this year? Or you you walking into this new year kicking rocks still, man, because last year sucked. Jan, uh, uh, December ended up, you know, sucking like, or stinking, you know, as a family service. What am I doing, you know? Uh, 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 December ended up like January start, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, gosh darn it, you know, all over again. Or can we have a different perspective that says, listen, God has given me today. As a matter of fact, you know, what, what are we saying? We've got 371 days until we find ourselves right back here again, right? You know, facing this new year. It's a head start. And you know what a head start is? It's the feeling of hope. That's it. It's the feeling of hope. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. If a lion's chasing us, I don't need a head start. I just need to be close enough to you to throw you on the ground. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right? It's not who's fastest, it's who's smartest, right? But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about that idea of like being a dad with your kids and, and you're, gonna, you know, you're gonna race and they've kind of already figured out dad, dad wins, Right? For every 100 strides they take, a, a dad takes, you know, 12, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, right, and, and ends up winning, right? Matter of fact, some of you are those dads that you've never lost to your kids once. Can I just have you write down on your outline, I need to lose to my kids? Why? Because it's quite possibly you are prideful. Right, You've got this like mentality that you can't lose. And what that's doing to you is it's keeping you in a losing state of mind. Because when you think you have to win all the time, you're actually losing. Right? The whole idea of following Jesus is laying aside our self-desires. It's putting others before us. Right, and it's this, it's this beautiful idea. So we're gonna act in faith, number one. Number two, write this down, is that you need to invite others in. You've gotta invite others in. What does that look like? Like, you know, like, like, like when you write on your outline and you write what it is that you really want God to do in your life this year, maybe you ought to let somebody else in on that. Right? And it's so risky because now they know <laughs> <laughs> right? Now they know. Who is they? Whoever you're letting in. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your friend. Right? Maybe it's that person that's coming alongside you. Maybe you're sitting here saying today, I don't have anybody to let in. And I'll say to that, let me help you get connected. Because I know a lot of great people that would love to come alongside you this year and, and, and help you grow in your faith and help challenge you and be challenged in, in the process. Do you know being a mentor doesn't mean like we've grown and we're done? 
the greatest mentor is this, the mentor that's continuing to grow. Why? Because we challenge and sharpen one another. It's a beautiful thing. But listen, we've got, we've got Bible studies that are going to be kicking in the, the new year for, for all, you know, ages. Uh, you know, we've got men's studies and women's studies and you can go online and, 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 and just look those up and, and, and get signed up for those studies, right? Uh, there, there's, you know, young adult Bible study. There's, just, there's all kinds of studies and, and things that you can be involved in. And, and why? What is that? It's a step in letting others in because we sit around tables and we have conversations that are Bible-based and we talk through whatever, the, the book of First Peter, which is what, the, what men will be going through, you know, in, in a men's study here. And, and, uh, and, and what is it all about? Like, like we, we, you hear us talk about small groups. If you're not in a small group, let us help you get connected in a small group. If you've, if you've tried being in a small group and everybody you've always been put in a small group with is weird, uh, then let us help you start your own, right? And, and, and then you can pick the people who are in your small group. That way when somebody's weird, it's you, right? It's your fault, right? And, and, and whatnot. But, but can I just tell you, like the idea is you've got to Take that step. You, you got to do it. You got to be willing to, to let other people in. James 5, it's, it's, it, says, it says a tough, it's tough. This is tough. Like, this is a hard one, right? When it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe, maybe what's holding you back is you just, you don't have that, that person or people in your life that you're willing to confess your sins to. Why? And, and so, yes, you're praying, you're confessing them to God, and yes, that is good and that is great, you know, kind of, but, but God says, look, you need people to come alongside you. You need other people to know. Why? Because they, they help keep you accountable. They help keep you connected, right? They help keep you in those tough spots when you're just willing to give up because you're now four days behind on your reading plan, and they say, it's okay, because if it takes you 371 days to get through a 365-day reading plan, thank God that you did it, right? Like, it doesn't matter how long. If it takes you a year and a half to do a year reading plan, that's tremendous, right? Can I say this? If you open your Bible and you read it and you just don't understand, maybe you need a different Bible, Right? I grew up with a King James Bible. Somehow it was, it was deemed the authorized version. I used to joke that it was the autograph version, you know, and, and autographed by Jesus himself. But you know what's crazy is I, I just don't, I don't really understand it when I read it. And I, and I went to seminary, man, and studied Greek and Hebrew, and King James is hard, man. So maybe you just need something that, 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 that's a bit simpler. Let me, let me help encourage you on that. Let me help you find a, a better Bible that, that you can understand. Can I just tell you, iron sharpens iron. And we, we say that all the time. And you can go online and you can watch videos of iron sharpening iron, right? But you know how dumb you look, man, when, when, when you're just hitting wood on wood? <laughs> You know, I mean, when, when, when you've been dull for lots of years, can I just tell you, your game plan isn't working. Does that make sense? Can we help you? 
Man, can you take that step? Can, can you step into the water, man? And wherever you're at this year, can you just take another step and go deeper? Are you willing to do that? Because when you stand on the shore and, and, and your toes aren't touching the water, but you've got the life vest on, can I just tell you, you, you look weird. You know, you only need a life vest when you get out past you where you can touch, you know what I'm saying? But I'm grateful for those life vests. I'm grateful, for, I spend a lot of time out at the lake, man. I'm grateful for those life vests. I can relax. Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you something? You'll never know the need for a life vest until you get in deep. Until you step into that water, man, and see a difference that it takes in your life. Number three, you can write this down, is you've got to walk in obedience. So we're acting in faith, we're inviting others in, and then we're walking in obedience. This, this passage in Ephesians chapter four, it says this in, in, in verse 22, it says in the New Living Translation, it says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. <laughs> now we've been talking about stepping into the water, getting our toes wet. This, this gives a complete different picture. You know what this picture reminds me of? <laughs> You guys ever, you ever walked out of your house, you ever walk into your garage or whatever, no matter, it doesn't matter where you're at, you walk in and you walk right into a spider web and you didn't see it? What do you do in that moment? Right? You start doing this, freaking out, right? Like if we had videos that could just film us, you know, just because you just can't get it off. How about that midlife stuff, man? There's a, there's a name for it and I'm not gonna use here in church today. Starts with them though. And uh, it's called menopause. I mean, anyway, so, but it's like the, man, there's times, man, when I've just, my driving down the road and my wife will get all of a sudden overheated over in the seat. And I don't mean she's yelling at me overheated that way, you know? I mean, she just gets hot and it's like, I gotta get this jacket off. Can I just tell you? that quite possibly needs to be you with that old self. You keep playing both sides. It's not working. Make a commitment. If you're gonna live for Christ, then live for Christ. And I get that you might not understand everything, what that means, but, but that's why we're here to help. Because I don't know everything. That's why I have mentors in my life. That's why I have men that have been in the faith a lot longer than I have that help guide me. And that's what we want. That's what we need in our life. We've got to throw off that old sinful self. I'm reminded of, of Joseph in the, in the Old Testament. He was a slave in, in Potiphar's home. Potiphar's wife tried to tempt him and he eventually took off and ran. So she grabbed onto his cloak, probably his, his skirt. And he took off and ran, and there she held it in his hand, in her hand. What do you need to run from? What is affecting your life? You know what happened to him? He got thrown in jail. 
He got thrown in jail for doing the right thing. Talk about life's not fair. Well, it's not. Never has been. It's not going to be. What do you need to run from this year? What do you need to break free from in your life? And in Ephesians, that, chat, that passage in, in, in uh, verse 24, it says, put on that new nature, right? Throw off the old sinful nature and put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That, that word righteous just means what's right in God's eyes. It's a different perspective. You don't have to be the judge anymore when you put on that new self. It's now what's right in God's eyes. And that's a beautiful thing. So wherever you find yourself today, maybe just simply in that spot of like, I need to know Jesus as my savior. I wanna encourage you that while I pray here in just a moment, you can do the very same thing. And praying is just like talking. It's just a conversation. The beautiful thing about our prayers is the Bible says that God's spirit takes what our heart is trying to say communicates it to a perfect God in heaven. Gosh, I would have liked that tool when I was a teenager trying to talk to my parents all the time, right? Always saying the wrong thing, man, trying to say it right, getting it all messed up, right? Here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to have perfect words to accept Christ as your personal savior. You just have to be willing to say, I surrender my life. Forgive me of my sins. God take me and guide me because he's got an incredible path for you for me Heavenly Father thank you for today thank you for your love thank you God for the work that you're doing in all of our lives thank you for the days that we have ahead thank you for today specifically because it's the one that we're, we're in Thank you that I don't have to stress over tomorrow. Uh, I just need to worry about what's going on right now. And God, I pray for those right now that are maybe, maybe choosing to, to you know, make a decision to, to surrender their life to you, and to invite you into their life, to accept you as their personal savior. I pray, God, that nothing hinders that thought process for them right now. And I ask God for those that maybe just need to take that next step, maybe step into the water. Maybe they need to throw something off I pray right now they can throw that off and never look back. Thank you for being faithful to us when we struggle to be faithful to you. You've never turned your back on us. You always have our best. God, thank you in Jesus' name.